God's good, ain't he? <laughs> uh, before I get started, I just want to give you a little bit about myself so you know exactly who it is standing up here talking to you. Um, and it's hard to fight back tears as soon as I start talking about it. Um, four years ago, I was introduced to the Lord. Uh, me and Jenny were not really living like we should by no means. And I, I kept having this, this pull at my heart. Never really knew what was going on. But we started going to a little church out in Mountville. And, and, and God started introducing himself to me. But I kept pushing back. I didn't want to pay attention to what he had. I, I, had, I had my own plans, you know, had my own plans for my life and didn't really care about what God was saying. And uh, he kept pushing and kept pushing. And, and, and finally, honestly, it felt like he stopped for a while. I went through a very, very dark period of time for about two years of my life, just lonely and, and stress and not really wanting to be around anybody, just a very, very dark time. Not to mention the, the stuff I did as I was growing up as a teenager, um, running with the wrong crowd. And I know some of y'all in here, I can't really see anybody. The light's really bright. Uh, <laughs> but I know some of y'all in here knew me in high school. And, man, let me tell you, I wasn't the best. By, by no means was I, was, the, was I the best person back then. And I indulged in things that I shouldn't have indulged in, but God still kept pulling. He never stopped. You know, I, I think about my past right now, and when we were in there praying, I, I could hear the, these amazing men of God that, that God, have surrounded, God has surrounded me with, and, and I couldn't help but think to myself, Lord, look at where you've brought me from. You know? I couldn't help but think to myself, God... <laughs> Six years ago, I would have never stepped foot in the church. Six years ago, I would have never, never said an amen or never even said a prayer. Never would have praised God, never, never cared. Never, God would have never crossed my mind. I used to think that Christianity was the craziest thing in the world. How could you believe in something that you could not see? But the Lord kept pulling. He kept pulling. And last year, Judgment Journey. I had I, actually, I, I told you, 25, I was thinking wrong. I, that 25 is when I was, when he grabbed me and, and said, this is what you're doing. A couple of years ago, October, actually October of 2015, I can remember sitting in my van at work. I wasn't doing anything. And y'all know how God is. He'll just show up out of the blue. It don't matter what you're doing. He, he don't care what you're doing. It's God's timing. It's God's timing. Long story short, though, I was sitting on the side of the road. I had just got done fixing somebody's cable, and I was cutting the radio on, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. I, I cut the radio on, and 93.3, for some reason, was on my radio. I didn't listen to Christian music. I didn't listen to Christian music at all, but 93.3 was on my radio. and I can't remember exactly what song it was that was playing, but it grabbed me. It grabbed me so hard and brought me to my knees to the point to where I literally got out of my charter van and was kneeling on the curve of the road in the neighborhood that I was in, praising God and thanking Him because I had finally accepted salvation. I had finally prayed for God to take me out of the dark place that I was in. A few years later, <laughs> Jeannie 
had some friends that, that were asking her, hey, why don't y'all come to faith and check it out? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't like big churches. Y'all know how it is. Everybody said, I don't like big churches. We ain't going. But she kept on and kept on. And, and for some reason, honestly, it was honestly to get her to quit asking me, I came. And, and we're here. And, and the only way I can sum it up is here, here's where God has me now. God has continued to pull and pull and pull and pull, and he never stopped. And Judgment Journey last year, I'll never forget, I was standing there talking to a friend of mine, and it was like God slapped me in the face. I had been praying, Lord, please show me what it is that you want me to do. I'm tired of sitting on a pew. Pastor Donald would always talk about getting up and serving God. Don't, don't sit on the pew because you're wasting your time. Get up and serve God. And I would pray, God, please, God, please, what is it that you want me to do? Well, out of the blue, my wife came up to me one day, and she was like, hey, I want to, why don't we start a Bible study? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And she was like, you're going to lead it. <laughs> Hold on now. So needless to say, we started 1221. Um, it, was, it was God's, God's will. God started it, and, and God stays in it, and he's just, he's continued to bless. And, it, and I tell you all of this to, to, to bring my point up for tonight, and my point is brokenness. When you get to a point in your life where it's just completely dark, you have nowhere to go. A few weeks ago, me and Jeannie were going through a, a, an, an issue, um, and, and one of the, the men of God that God's put in my life texted me. I texted him and was worried and worried and just very upset and didn't know what to do. And I texted him and I was like, hey, man, I got, I got something bad going on and I don't know what to do. And he was busy, so he didn't text me right back. But when he texted me back, he was like, you know, you text me something like that and you don't, I don't hear nothing from you for a couple hours. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. We figured it out. And the words he said to me, Got me to thinking. He said, uh, you panicked before you prayed, didn't you? I said, yeah. Yeah, I did. But I got to praying. And, and God was working on me, work, working with me about some stuff. And it's crazy. I, I texted Pastor Donald a few days ago and, and told him it's crazy when, when you read a verse or you hear a verse of Scripture for your entire life and you're told and you're taught that this is what it means. But when you're going through a situation, God can make you read that same exact scripture and turn it all around. Make it mean something else that can help you. And he introduced me or, 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 was, or was telling me that's why it's called the living word. Because it, it can, it can mold itself and, and God can show you things through his word. Things that you would have never even imagined would be in that scripture. Read it a second time. It'll show up. My scripture tonight is... Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. We all know the, the Sermon on the Mount. It's really, really amazing. Um, but in, in chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus is talking and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Before I continue into that verse, I want to ask you a question. You ever had anything in your life that meant a, a whole lot to you 
Something, maybe something that, that a family member that's passed had given you or, or somebody that was very, very important to you had given you. you know, anybody got anything like that? It's just something that means a whole lot. Well, what if it's breakable and you bump into it one day and it falls on the floor and it shatters into a thousand pieces? What do you do? You pick it up and you try to fix it. You pick it up and you, you mend it back together. The word broken, as I was saying earlier, it, just the, the word itself is enough to, to make a, a, a Christian or, or a, a human being in general cringe. And we'll get back to that in just a second. The second verse is uh, verse number four. It says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you, you have something that, that is something very dear to you, and it, you, you, you knock it over. It, it falls down, and it breaks into a million pieces. What, what do you do? Y'all, y'all can be seated. I'm sorry. What, what do you do to it? You pick it up, and you try to mend it. Brokenness is, like I was saying, something that, that just, just the sound of that word can make people cringe. I mean, think about what broken goes with, a broken bone or, 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 or a, broken, a, a, a broken game. I don't know if anybody likes video games like I do, but whatever. Uh, a, broken, a, a broken piece of, of expensive china, a broken dish, a, a broken mirror, uh, broke financially. That's enough to scare anybody. So the word broke, like I said, is, is, is enough. Just the sound of the word is enough to make somebody cringe. Brokenness can be pain. It, it can be a loss. It, it can be something spiritual. It, it can be a mindset. Uh, bro- brokenness makes you hang your head low. It can make you feel like you're less than nothing. It, it, it can even be, be embarrassing in some, in some situations. But as a Christian, we know that brokenness is something we have to go through. Brokenness is something that we, we have to, to pray to God about. Brokenness is something that we will, at a few points in our life, come across. So, like I was saying, you have a, a fine piece of china or something that you, that you knock over and it breaks and it shatters into a thousand pieces and you, you pick it up and you try to mend it. Well, after you put that whatever it is back together... You step back and you look at it, and man, it looks good. And the cool thing about it is, is down here in the south, we like using duct tape and super glue for everything. So now, not only did you put it back together, but I can guarantee you the structure is stronger. It ain't going to break again. Duct tape and super glue will fix anything. So, but you can also look at it, uh, the, the word brokenness in a different way. For, you that, for, some, for some of you that have kids in here tonight, what if your child comes to you brokenhearted about something? Something happened to them, and, and I'm, I'm learning very quickly, it doesn't have to be something drastic. My son is, wow, he will cry at the drop of a hat, no matter what it is. Um, but anyway, they'll come to you with a broken heart, just about anything. And as a parent, what do you do? You tell them, it's going to be okay. You fix them up, you give them those words of encouragement, and the next thing you know, you look up at them, and what was once broken, well, now they're smiling at you. They're shining. Brokenness is, is something that, like I said, we, we all deal with at some point in time. But what is spiritual brokenness? What, what does it do? And how can it be something that we have to go through? How can it be something that may be good? Well, spiritual brokenness is when you become aware that no matter how hard you try to make this life work, you will fail. 
You cannot do it alone. It's when you realize that it's not about you. You have absolutely nothing to do with it. You can't do anything. You do not have the power. You have spiritual brokenness, and it can bring you shame. It can bring you pain. It can bring you humility. That's what spiritual brokenness can do for you. But now, when you have that, when you, when you finally figure out, hey, this is what's going on, what do you do? You go to the one that can fix it. You pray to the God that can fix it. It's God's job. And trust me when I tell you, he's very good at what he does. He is very good at what he does. And you, you let him take over your life and you realize you made mistakes. That's your spiritual brokenness. I want to start off with verse 3. Like I said, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hold on. Shouldn't we be rich in spirit? Wouldn't that be something that you would think, you know, in order to get in heaven, you'd be rich in the spirit, right? And I thought the same thing. And like I said, God was showing me something different through this. You know, Matthew 6, 20 says, but lay up yourself treasures in heaven, right? And then the following verse right after says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart also be, right? So with that being said, wouldn't that mean to be rich in spirit? Yes. So how do the poor in spirit get into heaven? Um, the, the poor in spirit can gain heaven Billy Graham, I love Billy Graham Billy Graham explained it like this he said that it's a type of spiritual poverty it's one that we should all seek out he goes on to explain that the poor in spirit it's a, it's a humble process it's, 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 it's humbling yourself humbling yourself means to, to do or say something that shows that you have been wrong or have possibly behaved with too much pride. You can actually take that word poor, poor in spirit, flip it and turn it to humble. And you can understand what's going on here. You, you, when, when, you, when you go to God and, and you realize that, that your, your sin is, is, is overwhelming and you have spiritual emptiness, you, you realize your, your humble state and you can gain, as the verse says, you can gain the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When you understand this statement, when you understand that humbling yourself honestly and truly can be a blessing, you gain this, 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 this kingdom of heaven. God gives you the opportunity to have this kingdom of heaven. When you approach God with a humble spirit, you, you can talk to him in a way and, and explain to him. I mean, he already knows what's going on. He already knows what you've done or, or what you're going through. But we have to express our, our, our problems humbly, knowing that we are the sinners. We cannot approach God with a, a self-satisfied attitude. Too many times I've tried to tell God what I needed. Too many times I tried to tell God, hey, this is how I need it to be done. Anybody ever prayed like that? I'm guilty of it. But you can't go to God with self-satisfaction. Uh, you, you can't go with pride in your heart. If you go to God with pride in your heart, you ain't really going to get much out of it. It's not going to happen. So go to God knowing that you're a sinner. Go to God knowing that you are broken. He is the the one person that can fix you and build you back up and make you shine. James 4, 6 says, 
but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Go to God humbly. Go to God with your broken heart. Go to God and tell him, you know you're the sinner. You know you cannot do this without him. Amen. I read a story online, um, just something that kind of went along with, with what I was talking about here tonight. It said a woman named Rita Coors was bidding at an auction. Um, she had just purchased a, a porcelain mask hand-painted by John Denver. And then my, my southern feeling kicked in. I don't know if there's a painter named John Denver, but I know of an old country singer named John Denver. And it got me to thinking, oh, man, I didn't know he could paint. This has got to be awesome. Um, <laughs> she couldn't wait to, to hold this, this, this painting or, or, or this porcelain mask in her hands. And, and as the auctioneer went to, at, at, well, as she, she, won the, she won the auction and she was coming up to the stage, and as the auctioneer was handing her the porcelain mask, it slipped right through his hands. Shattered. Just shattered in, into a million pieces. The cool thing about this, and, and, and what, what really pulled my mind was, she didn't demand her money back. She didn't abandon the broken piece of art. Instead, she picked the pieces up and took them home with her. Later, she decided to take the broken pieces and place them around a collection of John Denver photographs. She took something that was broken and made it beautiful. She took something that had no meaning anymore. It had no value. That porcelain mask, I don't know, it could have been two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. Once it shattered, it's not worth anything anymore. But she took something that was worthless and turned it into something that was eye-catching. Let's go to verse 4. Well, before that, when you have that brokenness in your heart, life can slip through the tips of your fingers. Anybody ever been in that place? Tried to take care of it on your own? Don't work out too well, does it? Life often slips through your fingers and shatters at your feet when you, when you try to handle it. When it does, the best thing that I have found to do is to pick up all of those pieces, hold them in your hands, and walk to God. And place them at his feet. God, please, please help me. That always works. Verse 4 says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, when God gave me this, this part of this, he told me to talk about something I don't usually talk about. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. A few years ago, me and Jeannie didn't have any kids, and uh, she became pregnant. Man, I was excited. I was going to be a daddy. Nothing in my life had ever made me as excited as that moment when she called me and told me that she was pregnant. God had different plans, and we don't question them. The baby turned out to be what they call, I think I'm saying this right, I'm not a doctor, but ectopic. It was, it was causing issues. Like I said, God had different plans. So I began to hit a mourning state. I began to grieve. The definition of the word mourn is an expression of grief. But see, at this time, 
I didn't know who God was. I had nobody to comfort me. The only thing that comforted me was a bottle. I didn't have anything to, 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 to go to to, to, to take that, that pain away. I had a temporary pain taker. I had a temporary chain breaker. I had a, a temporary, temporary medicine that, that, that fixed me for a couple of hours. See, the difference is, is when the pain went away, the headache started. And when the headache started, you had to take something else to get rid of the headaches. And it just kept getting deeper and deeper. Every year since that happened, I, I mourn about it. About the same time of the year, it hits me. It was, you know, it was a big, big situation that happened in my life. But now, I have a comforter. Now I have a God that I can walk to and say, Lord, this hurts. God, you know what happened. God, I'm not going to question what you did. Lord, I know you did it for good. I know it was your will for it to happen. God, please fix me. Build me back up. Mourning can be a, a state of a broken heart. It can be a state of loss of someone or something. Or, honestly, it can be conviction of your sins. Each of us have mourned over something. Each of us have had that specific thing that has broken us to pieces. Some of us, you know, everybody has something different that's happened. <clears throat> but each of us have that one specific point of our life where we have been broken to the point of grief. All we can do is beg God to help us. Spiritual mourning is something that we all also will go through. Spiritual mourning can be, like I was saying, grief over your sin. It can be the want to consistently do good and being tired of continuously doing bad. Us as sinners, we have a, a sinful nature being born with flesh. We can't help it. That doesn't mean that we go out and do it all the time, but we mourn over it. Anybody else in here get a broken heart at the fact that God does so much for you, but you still continuously sin? Yes. yes. You mourn over that consistent sin. Are you tired of sinning? Do you become upset that you continue to do wrong and all you want to do is right by God? Yes. Active Christianity, which is a website that I use um, that helps me study with, with, with certain topics or, and things like that, activechristianity.com states that when we rightly see ourselves in the light of the word of God and see how short we fall in relation to God's nature, it gives us sorrow or grief, which turns into mourning. When we finally get to that point, it's accompanied by an acknowledgement of our sin. When you mourn, you acknowledge what it is you're mourning over. You know what you're, what you're grieving about. But it also helps produce repentance. It helps you think about what you've done. It helps you say, God, please forgive me for what I have done. And it also helps advance you with salvation and or the transformation of your life. Us as Christians, if you've been saved, you know that your life isn't perfect. It's never going to be perfect until the day you're in glory. 
you know that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you are going to fall. You're going to slip up. I'll tell you something. I was talking to Pastor Donald about this, standing outside, me and my wife. Right after we left church today, and I'm going to tell you, this is a hard one to talk about. Right after we left church today, we went to a store to get some stuff. And we passed this homeless man sitting out in front of the store. And at first, I was going to do, unfortunately, the wrong thing. I was just going to go by. But God put my foot on that brake pedal. My wife got out of the car, and she went into the store and got what she had to get. And I just could not stop thinking about this man sitting in front of the store. I have never. And and, and I'm not saying that I don't like, you know, there's nothing... I'm not saying anything bad about it, but I've never been so convicted over seeing somebody sit outside sit outside with a sign that says needs help. The thing that caught my eye was up under that needs help, he had God blessed. And I walked over to him. When Jeannie got back in the car, I asked her, I said, please tell me we got some money. And I guess she didn't see him. She asked me why, and I pointed out the window, and we both started digging around and trying to find some cash, and I had three bucks. But I walked over to that man and I said, look, I don't have a lot of money to give you, but I do have something else I can give you. I can pray with you. I can pray with you and we can talk to God together. And this man looked at me and told me he did not deserve prayers. I said, do you know who God is? He said, yes, I do. He blesses me every day. This man had nothing. Had absolutely nothing, was sitting outside begging for money, but he still told me that God could bless him and does bless him each and every day. But I complain about the clothes I wear to church. We complain about getting stopped at a red light. We complain about these things. This man was 100% broken. I asked him if I could pray with him again, and he said, Man, I just, I really don't feel like I deserve it. I said, Look, brother, you deserve it more than I do. Sitting out here, you don't have anything, and you're going to tell me God blesses you every day. I wish I had that kind of faith sometime. I worry about the small things when God tells us not to worry. When God says he feeds the birds, I still worry. This man had nothing. God will give you comfort. If you're broken, God can give you comfort. If you're, if you're grieving, God can give you comfort. If you have a problem, if you have a situation, I'm living proof. God can give you comfort. Not getting too personal, but I don't know if there's anybody in here tonight that's been through some of the stuff I've seen, witnessed, and been through myself, but you got an addiction, God can give you comfort. Something something that's breaking you, you got a drug problem, God can give you comfort. You want to get stuck to the bottle? God can give you comfort. God can take care of any situation you have. He is the construction worker. He can build you up and take your broken state and make you shine again. Now, quick question. How many of y'all got scared when you walked in the doors outside when my wife popped up in your face with a glow stick? Right? Right? Can you dim those lights? I want to talk about these glow sticks for a minute. Oh, man, mine's already popped. I'm in trouble now. So 
talking about brokenness. If you have your glow stick, you can take it out. Don't worry, she's not going to get mad at you. Um, if you have your glow stick, you can take it out. And if it, if it hasn't popped yet, I have an explanation for these. When you look at this glow stick, it's clear. It's empty. It has nothing to make it shine. There's nothing in it shining right now. When you're empty, when you have no other way to turn, you go into a broken state, right? But when you're broken and you go to God, he will make you shine. It doesn't matter how many times you break this. You can pop it any which way possible. It will continue to shine. God can make you shine. Through your problems, through your trials, through your tribulations, your giants, your mountains, it don't matter what it is. God can make you shine. So I want to ask you tonight, if anybody in here is broken, if anybody in here has issues, has something that's bothering them or, you know, making them feel like they're worthless. There's, there's nothing left that they have. I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to go to God with your broken pieces? Are you willing to come down here possibly and pray to God and ask God to pick you up, to mend you, to make you new again, to make you shine like that glow stick that you've got in your hand? God can do it. I promise you, with everything God has done for me, God can make you shine again. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you tonight, Lord God, and just thank you for the opportunity that you've given me. Lord, I just can't continue, God, to, I can't thank you enough, Lord. God, the fact that I'm standing here right now, Lord, able to talk about your word, God, is a true blessing. But Lord, I pray tonight for the brokenhearted. I pray for the, the poor in spirit, God, for the mourning, God. I pray that you would comfort them, God. I pray that you would reach down and touch them, Lord. God, thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. Lord, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.